0: That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's
1: edition of Sports Talk. All right, welcome in, everybody, and good to have you with us on this Monday night edition of Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network, as we come to you from the Dave & Buster Studios here in downtown Columbia. Phil Kornblut, Chris Bergen coming to us from the Berge Palace in Sardis. Pat Daniels here. In our studios, and our phone number, 888-898-2525. That is the South Carolina Education Lottery. Lucky number Into the sports talk will be wide open for your phone calls all night long. So love to hear from you tonight to talk about a number of things that are going on. I had a basketball doubleheader over the weekend. Went and saw Clemson on Saturday, USC women yesterday afternoon. 15,444, by far the largest basketball crowd of the season anywhere in South Carolina. Watching the number one team in the country kind of toy with Missouri for a quarter and then blow them out in the middle 20 minutes and then finished up in the fourth quarter. No harm, no foul. So they continue to roll. They're the unanimous number one. Clemson playing great basketball right now. Terrific team basketball. And, you know, there's probably not a guy on Clemson's team, I would imagine, outside of maybe P.J. Hall, that Duke would recruit. Yet it was the Tigers who put it together and took down Duke on Saturday at Little John in front of a sold-out crowd as they go to 7-0. These are numbers never before heard about a Clemson basketball team in the ACC. 7 and 7-0 first place Tigers break into the rankings this week at number 19 one spot behind the College of Charleston which continues to win and the Cougars are up one spot to number 18. so a lot of good things happening in basketball there then there's the South Carolina story which is hard to understand the way the Gamecocks win and played at Kentucky then they come back home and just play awful again two straight home games combine loss margin of about what? 43 four I mean 83 84 points yeah. between the two that's just that's just terrible and then uh, you were with coastal Carolina Chris and you guys uh you saw a, a hammered job by Georgia <laughs> State in Atlanta I don't know that we saw that coming considering you were coming off a win at Old Dominion then they go to Atlanta and play very poorly
2: when you have one of the local reporters who follows Georgia State come up to you after the ball game, knowing that you're doing radio for Coastal, and say, I'm not sure who those guys were, but I have not seen them play like that all year. Mm-hmm. And the coaches were anticipating, Coastal's coaches, that they would be a driving basketball team, try and get to the rim. They came in shooting 27%, did Georgia State from three point range. They averaged making about five a game. They knocked down 16 on Saturday and shot over 60% from the field. Phil, they would have given Duke and Clemson both a run for their money on Saturday the way they were playing offensively. I mean, it was just a – it was a heck of a show to watch. You just hate to be on the wrong end of a a 40-point loss like Coastal was. But it was a fun one to watch if you're a Georgia State fan because they could not miss on Saturday.
1: Well, the end of a relatively long uh, road streak for Coastal, so now you come home for a little bit and a chance to to get things right. So as far as – South Carolina, Clemson basketball goes. Now we have the NFL playoffs as well. Uh, wrapping up tonight with the wild card round, the last game tonight down in Tampa. Dallas and Tampa should be a heck of a game. I would imagine a huge TV audience for this mm-hmm. one. But, okay. I mean, the NFL playoffs, what can you say? They always deliver. What can you say about Trevor Lawrence and Jacksonville? What can you say about the Giants going into Minnesota? Uh Every game was wrought with um, tension. I mean, I was able to kick back and relax. It's the first playoffs where I've just been able to breathe easy and not really sweat it out because my team's not there. (laughs) So I don't have to worry about it. But, gosh, for fans of those teams uh, sitting on the edge of your seat the entire game for the most part, what a weekend of NFL football.
2: The NFL does a lot of things well And the playoffs are one of them and the job that they have done even and i'm not a big fan of expansion but it's hard to argue that the super wild card weekend is not one of the most entertaining weekends in sports right now. You had the games on Saturday, and you had the amazing comeback by Jacksonville, and you, you talked about Trevor Lawrence. Could he have played any worse mm. in the first half? He was horrible, and it would have been a situation where they're probably thinking uh, on the sidelines, do we bench this guy and, and go with our backup just to see? And then he comes out, and he balls out in the second half, and just an amazing comeback for them. And he keeps a bizarre streak alive for him, and they called a break today because they found out they're going to play on Saturday a day in which Trevor Lawrence has never lost a football game. (laughs) Whether it be high school, college, or the NFL, he's never lost on a Saturday. And he just played terrific in the uh, second half. I would have never thought. I actually had turned that game off. I was watching it on the bus ride back from Atlanta and thought, well, shoot, I'll I'll do something until the – Till the end of the night because this game is over. And then I get in the car and I'm riding back home, listening to it on radio, and could not believe what I was hearing them coming all the way back to win that game. And then yesterday, the Giants, I think, would probably be in the one team in the NFC that you figured, oh, this will be a cakewalk for Minnesota. But there were, I think, some folks who were worried about the Vikings down the stretch this year anyway because defensively they just couldn't stop anybody. And Daniel Jones played really, really well yesterday. So uh, just some terrific games. And then how about the, the way Cincinnati won their game last night? You knock the ball loose on a on a goal mm-hmm. line stand and run it back 97 yards for a touchdown. I mean, just just crazy stuff happening in the NFL. But it was a fun weekend for football, and it'll be capped off surely tonight by what should be an awfully competitive game.
1: Well, I tell you, I mean, being a Packers fan, I'm happy the Vikings lost. I hate the Vikings. They are a team that lived very close to the edge all season. They mm-hmm. had like yep. eight wins in their last possession or something crazy like that. I am not, despite what Zach Willis will tell you, because Zach coached him at uh, Michigan State, I am not a Kirk Cousins fan. I mean, he's a good quarterback. I don't think he'll win a championship with him. And he's had ample opportunity with the Vikings to do that. He's been in great positions before, and he has failed, and he has floundered. And it got him again this past uh, this past weekend. So, I mean, it can't all be on him, but it does all go on the quarterback. He's the one guy on the team, when you look, up, look it up in the record books, he's the one guy who's got a one-loss record next to his name, along with the head coach. Okay, nobody else has that attached to him. So, I think uh, as long as he's there, I'm happy. And it was sort of like um, when the Bears had um, Jay Cutler as their quarterback, mm-hmm. you know, I was happy because I just knew he wasn't ever going to get them past the Packers. So, anyway, it was a great weekend for the NFL. Wraps up tonight, uh, Brady and the Cowboys. Boy, it doesn't it doesn't get any better than playoffs on a Monday night than that. So, looking forward to that. And uh, we will have uh, an update in recruiting. Um, there, there's some serious news out there today about South Carolina in recruiting related to Trajan – um, no, Jeff Coat, Trajan Jeff Coat, the Irmo product who went to Missouri. Uh, he went into the transfer portal, John. Now, now, he has never publicly stated anything about his intention, but it's been pretty much uh, well understood and it's been reported by the Gamecock Insider websites that he was going to transfer to South Carolina. And everything, you know, nobody was questioning that. Well, something has happened in the admissions process at South Carolina to where both of the uh, insider websites uh, reported this afternoon that it may not happen now because of something to do with classes, hours, whatever, transferring from Mizzou to, from Columbia to Columbia, from Mizzou to uh, USC. That would be most unfortunate because there's a spot wide open for him, you know, with Jordan Birch leaving, but you know, you're getting Jeff coat, um, that made that a little bit easier to take Uh, if you don't get Jeff coat in and then um, you know that makes that position a little bit more questionable a little bit more wide open now tomorrow if you look at the USC calendar for the spring semester tomorrow if I understand how this works the the drop process right the classing drop process Mm -hmm. and all that uh, uh, tomorrow Tuesday's the last day to enroll for the spring semester to be able to take your classes before you are given the, the, the W grade. And I don't know how all that works right. anymore. But anyway, I think tomorrow is the day, the, the drop dead day, so to speak, to where you have to be uh, taking classes to be a student this semester, uh, the, the spring semester at South Carolina. Now, whatever the issue is here, and I don't know what the issue is, but whatever the issue is here, it might be just something that's a problem right now. Perhaps it can be resolved over time and he could join the program uh, later on down the road. They have this thing called a Maymester where people enroll. Uh, Then there's Summer 1, there's Summer 2. He's an older guy. Uh, He's already pretty well-developed physically. Uh, It wouldn't take a whole lot, I think, to teach him how to rush the quarterback at South Carolina. So maybe it's something that will work out down the road. But uh, the immediate enrollment as of this afternoon seemed to be quite in jeopardy from what those two websites were reporting.
2: It is fascinating to me, Phil, because we see now with the uh, transfer portal, John, as you like to refer to it, and I'm not sure you're that far off with that new – No, I'm not off at all. (laughs) I don't think you are. But the amount of players and young men and women who are able to transfer to three, four, and five different schools now, and academics never appears to be a problem for them. They always find a way to get in at wherever they're going. I mean, it's almost an afterthoughts. Uh, As long as I'm getting my NIL money, I'm going to wherever I want. But now that that South Carolina, if this is indeed uh, true, the reports that are coming out, if they're holding a hard line on the academic side of the coin, That's just an interesting and actually what we're supposed to have from your universities, right? I mean, you're supposed to be able to go to school and get an education and and get that degree still. I know it's been pushed to the back burner because of name, image and likeness and the like, but this is uh, the last two years. This may be one of the few times I've ever heard of a young man wanting to transfer and having issues academically. Because, I mean, we're we're watching players in their third or fourth school by the time they get to super senior status now.
1: That is an excellent point. You're exactly right. We've seen guys bop around all kind of different mm-hmm. schools, third, fourth time, and have no trouble. And I don't know. South Carolina, over the years, for whatever reason, and this is one thing that will drive Ellis Johnson crazy. Because to him, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he talks about you know, doing whatever it takes to make your football program great. And he would tell you that only at South Carolina would a potential great player be turned away. But it's happened before. Uh, J.C., I make sure I got the letters in the right direction. It's either C.J. or J.C. Jackson, defensive back, who was at Florida, wanted to transfer to South Carolina. Couldn't get in for some reason. Ended up going to uh, Maryland. Now he's in the NFL. Mike Hughes, uh, I think, wanted to come to South Carolina. And uh, let's see, he was was out of Newburgh, North Carolina, and ended up going to uh, UCF eventually. But he was in the NFL, but couldn't get into South Carolina for some reason. And there's others, you know. Now, on the one hand, you might have some admiration for Mm -hmm. the academic side holding its uh, holding its ground and not giving in to the athletic side but I don't know I think most of the supporters would say hey let him in he's only going to play one year and if he happens to get a degree from you you know that's great. Uh, if not, no big deal. He'll get his money. We'll get our money's worth out of him and maybe win a few more ballgames. And we need a defensive end who can rush the quarterback. I know. I mean, you're making such
2: great sense. And it it's it just, uh, you know, spites at everything that we have grown to believe college athletics is supposed to be. That that sums up right there. Well, if he comes, just let him in. He's probably not going to class. If he gets a degree, great. If not, well, hey, he's helped us win a few more football games. I mean, doesn't that sum up in a nutshell what the transfer portal has become?
1: Pretty much. That pretty much sums it up. Okay, so we are wide open for your calls tonight. Your thoughts on that and anything else that we've talked about. Maybe you've got something else that you want to talk about. Love to hear from you. The phone number, 888 898 2525. That is the South Carolina Education Lottery. Lucky number here on Sports Talk. And we'll take your phone calls here in the first hour and in the second hour as well. Dropping a little Brad Brownell for you too, because he had some interesting things to say. Yes, he did. Not just about the win over Duke, about but you know, he's he's pounding that drum. Hey, we're still here. And football season's over. Of course, I hate to say it, the loudest cheer of the day at Little John on Saturday came when the uh, new offensive coordinator was brought out onto the court. (laughs) Now, I exaggerate. I exaggerate. There was a loud cheer on a couple of dunks. Okay, uh, back in a moment.
4: Join the Trailblaze Challenge, the Endurance Hike Program, where big hearts come together for big steps to create hope for local wish families through Make a Wish South Carolina. This spring, take part in a new journey on the Palmetto Trail—from sunrise on the highest peak in South Carolina to the coastal marshes of the Lowcountry. Hikers of all levels can support critically ill children, enjoy and explore the outdoors. And build South Carolina Pride and community through an all inclusive hike experience. Visit sctrailblazechallenge.org to learn how to get started. That's sctrailblazchallenge.org.
1: We are back on Sports Talk. Sports Talk. Media Network Monday night from the Dave and Buster Studios in Columbia. Phil Kornblut, Chris Bergen, Pat Daniel. Phone number 888 2525. As we go to your phone calls, by the way, our phone number 888 898 2525, South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number. And since 2002, more than $6 billion in lottery proceeds have been used to support South Carolina educational programs. Learn more about the lottery's impact at sceducationlottery.com slash education wins. Playing for fun is a win for education. By the way, tomorrow night we'll be up in Winston-Salem. another nine o'clock tip. Prime time TV for the Tigers. Nine o'clock against uh, Wake Forest, Wake Forest coming off a win against Boston College. BJ Mackey and his group, though he's not the head coach, of course. B.J. Mackey, though part of that Wake Forest staff, looking to uh, hand the Tigers their first loss. Right now, Clemson is seven and zero in the league. Miami and Virginia and Wake Forest are five and two. Wake is thirteen and five overall. And uh, Clemson, I haven't done this today. Taking a look at the uh, the net rankings, it was something I forgot to do today. I wanted to take a look at this real quick. So with where they are now, Clemson. In the net is 49, and Charleston is 50. So those are the top two in South Carolina. Clemson's 49, and College of Charleston is 50. Uh, South Carolina would be uh, 272. Upstate is 270. Upstate is in the net higher than South Carolina. That's and the That is calls for celebration up there, I would say. And the
2: Gamecocks, Phil, may have the best two wins of any team in our state. The win over Clemson earlier in the year and the win over Kentucky. That's right. That's a great point. <laughs> There's no reason that Upstate should be ahead of them. Uh, but, uh, but And you talked about Clemson having to play these 9 o'clock games. Their next two midweek games are at 9 o'clock. Tell me. Because next Tuesday when they host Georgia Tech, that's a 9 p.m. tip-off. But as I watched them the last couple of weeks, I've been hesitant to say this. I'm going to come out and say this. This team can win the ACC, and I don't know that they should, but how, how can you argue they're, they're not the best team in the league right now? You can't. They do everything well, and and Saturday, I think, was a, a really interesting study with them because they have been so good shooting three-pointers and they were lousy on Saturday, but P.J. Hall made up for that, because they, and Brad Brownell talked about this in the postgame, he said, we knew we'd have to get the basketball inside, and score in in the paint, and good grief, P.J. Hall was
1: outstanding, with 26 points. He unleashed his entire arsenal, he was throwing sweeping hooks, and then he was hitting three-pointers. They only hit three three three-pointers, but I think he had one of them. Um, He is such a tough defend, because he's so mobile, and he's so active, he just he doesn't let you relax. So, and, and you better
2: not trail them late like Duke did because they're not going to help you out at the foul line. They're in the top ten nationally in free throw shooting and what they missed, three out of 18 on Saturday. I mean, 15 of 18 is going to win a
1: lot of ball games for you. It's all coming together. Wofford mm-hmm. is 220 in the net. Furman is 128. Just checking these out real quick. Citadel is uh, 314. Despite getting a nice win over Western Carolina over the weekend, uh, Charleston Southern is uh, 252, and uh, those are those are the primary ones. Uh, Presbyterian is uh, 346, and uh, South Carolina State is kind of down uh, really near the bottom at uh, 336 out of uh, 363. The worst team in the country by the net is Hartford at 363, but they've got a win. Long Island does not have a win, 0-15, and they're three sixty-two. Florida A&M is 0-13, and m is 0-13 and they're three sixty. Delaware State is 0-14 and they're three fifty seven. <laughs> I'm just looking to see who's the highest team in the net with no wins. That would be uh, uh that would be uh well Elon is 0 sixteen and they're three fifty four. So they would be the I guess that's the the virtue of being in, where are they in this? Are they in the CAA? What's Elon in? Uh, yes. In basketball. CAA? They're in the colony. And they're 0-16? Yeah, they're bad. Boy, they're really bad. Count. Okay, let's get to your phone calls. Love to hear from you tonight. Pat's taking your calls and getting them lined up as uh, we go to uh, Gamecock Larry. Gamecock Larry in Swansea, your first up this week, sir. How are you?
4: I'm feeling just fine. I had that Clemson twang in your old voice. Hell, you talking about the Gamecocks, but I can say we're the winners in the basketball against Clemson this year. We're winners against Clemson in football this year. We're going to be the winners against Clemson in baseball this
1: year. You know, you make a good but, point, uh, Larry. I hadn't thought about that. The Gamecocks have beaten Clemson in men's basketball, women's basketball, football. They, they're kind of going and- for the big four sweep if they can handle them in baseball. <laughs>
4: Huh? How about that? We, yeah, yeah, we, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. But let me tell you, they, ask, they wonder why, how in the world can the Gamecocks play so poorly, lose about 40 something points that Texas, Tennessee, go to Kentucky, beat Kentucky by three, come back home and Lose about 40-something to Texas A&M, and they're asking the question why. I can tell you the reason why. I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings, but I'm going to tell you like it is. All right. I, I told them when they'd done it. I told them before they done it, and I'm going to tell them after they done it. You've done it too quick. You should have given Frank one more year. And I'm going to say something. This coach we got now, he may be a good coach, but he ain't no SEC caliber coach. I said the same thing about Kingston when they hired Kingston. Well, it's going to take about four years to get game coach back in baseball. It's going to take this coach we got now about five years to get us, well, I won't be around, but to get us back like basketball. Well, I mean, he is just... I don't know. I ain't going to say nothing else about him, but uh, I just wish him the best. But uh, I'll tell you what. I don't, I don't know anything else to say, but I want to thank... I think it's Pat. Boy, I got that radio, and I listened to Kevin this afternoon, and I wanted to call him so bad, and I had a question. I wanted to ask Kevin... But he doesn't know how to ask
1: it. I said if I do this, it might be uh
3: Well I
4: tell
1: you 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 can catch him tomorrow. We gotta hit the break. I'm glad you're able to hear us. Thanks for the call. Back in a moment. back on Sports Talk on a Monday night. Phil Kornblut, Pat Daniel, Chris Bergen, 888-898-2525. That's the phone number, South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number. We come to you from the Dave & Buster Studios here in downtown Columbia. Lines are now open for you. If you want to join us, 888-898-2525. I had a couple drop-offs so you can get through without delay. I want to remind you that you know, pretty soon it'll be time to start thinking about that summer vacation, and where you want to go. Of course, is to the coast of South Carolina, just to hang out, eat at the restaurants, uh, play at the great golf courses. the The coast of South Carolina, it's got it all, and uh, we would direct you to right there at Pawleys Island and Litchfield, and visit with our man Jimmy Smith at James Smith Real Estate, Pauley's Vacation And let Jimmy set you up for a great stay, whether it's in a a big old house or a condominium, whether it's for a week or longer, whatever you need. They can work with you and and find exactly what you're looking for for a great price. 843-237-4246. Get him in a good mood while the Gamecocks are, uh, you know, doing pretty well in things. Uh, and, And he might give you that special Gamecock discount. Uh, 843 237 4246, your perfect beach getaway. Now, I don't know what the Gamecock discount would be. Uh, I guess he'd make it up, you know, at the time he was asked about it, but you can ask about it anyway. So give Jimmy a call and he will help you. Members, great staff will help you. 843 237 4246, your perfect beach getaway. Sports talk here on MLK Day. Hope you had a great day doing whatever it is that you happen to do on MLK Day, whether it's Stay at home and relax or head off to a gathering or uh, actually had to work today. It's one of those strange days where you got a pretty good mixture of people Mm -hmm. who are off and people who are working. So, you know, it's kind of hard to figure out how you wanted to approach today. We worked it, of course. That's why we are here. We have to, of course, uh, touch on the tragedy at Georgia yesterday with the deaths of two people, a football player and a staffer, the injuries to two other People, a football player and a staffer, unfortunate situation there, of course. And um, you know, you you wait for the police report. I mean, it's the eyewitnesses have said the car was traveling at a high rate of speed, and uh, one of the females in the car, the one who passed away, she was driving it, had to be going extremely fast because it chopped down two light poles and rammed into the side of an apartment building i saw pictures yeah that were posted and that car was destroyed So it's
2: it's a it's a miracle that two people actually survived mm. that crash mm-hmm.
1: yeah it, it's and you you know what do you think about it? it's it's uh, 2 45 3 o'clock in the morning yesterday uh, saturday was the celebration day in athens with the parade for the national championship do you uh i mean you can um you can presume that alcohol is involved, but until the autopsy reports come back and the police reports come back, you don't know for sure. But that late at night, being out at parties and things like that, that rate of speed, you just kind of wonder what else uh, you know came into play. But yeah. all that aside, it's a terrible tragedy, uh, most unfortunate for what happened and what a what a. Way to uh, you know change the the mood in Athens after that great uh, celebration of winning their second straight uh, national championship. That's a that's a tough thing to have to deal with. You're Kirby Smart, and you're that administration, you're that coaching staff, uh, you're the families. You you don't expect, you don't want to get uh, that phone call. Of course, uh, looks like Jim Harbaugh will be staying on at Michigan after apparently doing a little flirtation with the NFL. Uh, it's being reported now the university's president there has put out word that Harbaugh will be staying on as the head coach of the uh, Wolverines. And uh, this, is, this is, you know, good news for Michigan because, you know, Harbaugh after some, some early um, uh, rough years, somewhat rough years at Michigan, not great years, now he's gone back-to-back to, back to the playoffs. Now what he's got to do, of course, is, uh, is win a national championship. To be uh, fully, uh, you know, to be fully, uh, um, what's the word? I mean, I know they love him at Michigan. Well, yeah, because
2: um, he's beating Ohio State now,
1: yeah, back to back years too. But you got to take advantage of that and go ahead and finish <laughs> the deal, right? And get and win the national championship. So that will be the next step. That'll be the next step for Hombaugh there at at Michigan. Um, now, see, last year, after he uh, played around the NFL a little bit, he got a five year. Thirty-six point seven million dollar extension through the twenty-six season. So now you wonder where do they take him? Five years at thirty-six point seven. That's about uh, a seven, um, seven. That's seven plus million a year. That's really kind of on the cheap when you think about what uh, playoff level, championship level coaches are are getting. Um, but still, not not bad money. Not bad money at all. Um, and we'll wait and see what the, the details of this this new deal, whatever it happens to be, when it comes out and see what they what they have done for him this time around. And uh, we'll drop in some other notes here as we move on. We've got a full recruiting report coming up for you. Again, if you're just joining us, uh, Gamecock 2 Insider website's both reporting that Trajan Jeff Coates is going to apparently not be able to enroll in South Carolina. Um one, one side is saying it's not academics. The other side is saying it's, it's uh, well, how, how not totally academics or don't burn the academic administration building down over it. So it might be something outside of academics that's preventing this from going through. I, I don't have a clue. I don't know. But it'd be an unfortunate deal for South Carolina for this not to go through considering their need at defensive end yeah. at this particular time. And this is, I mean – This just isn't blowing smoke. This is a quality player. This was a guy that was all SEC in 2020. Now, he did uh, have an issue at Missouri. If you go back and look at his history, there was a time there when he left the team, kicked off the team or left the team, but apparently, you know, obviously came back. Um, And then earlier this month, he, he put on his Twitter that he was coming back to Missouri. For another year, only about five days later to put his name in the transfer portal, John. Might have been about the time uh, Jordan Birch left South Carolina. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't long after that. In fact, I think it was the very same day that Shane Beamer put out one of his uh, commitment alerts, leading one to believe that they had talked and gotten it done and and he was coming. This might be a huge break for Missouri. He might take his name out of the, the transfer portal if Missouri wants to take him back. See, that's the thing. When you put your name in the portal, John, there's no guarantee that the school you're leaving will, will take you back. You know, you got to kind of be – got to work that end of it now if if that's indeed the case here. Okay, let's go back to your phone calls, 888-898-2525. Speaking of Missouri, we head out to Bruce in Missouri. Maybe he's got some uh, insight on what's happening out there. Bruce, welcome in.
4: I haven't got a clue out here what's going on. I'd rather stick with South Carolina information.
1: Okay. <laughs> well, go right ahead.
4: I'm going to let it go here. Anyway, I'm glad that uh, Kane Clark Larry got his radio so he can hear me talk about Clemson. Yes. But I, but I did wish him a Merry Christmas. If he didn't have his radio, I'm just letting him know. And I also uh, wish he would have many more Happy New Year's. So this is an honor to you for being on the air and speaking your piece and pulling for your team. And I pull for my team too. So anyway, we're going to kick your rear end when we meet up with y'all again. So just get rid of uh, Gamecock Larry, and you'll be whipping around after that. Hmm. Thank you. All right. Well, that's it.
1: That's it? Okay. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it very much. So the – the, the lines are being drawn in the sand here between uh, Bruce and Gamecock Larry for the next uh, next football season. I, I'm glad Larry's got his uh, radio situation sorted out. Thanks to Pat. Pat took care of that and uh, made sure he got some um, audio that he could listen to so he could Don't follow sports state. talk.
2: January 16th, and we're already starting to talk about next year's rivalry game here in the state. No,
1: there's, you know. <laughs> there's, no reason, there's no reason to take a break from it, you know? And we all want to talk football. We want to continue talking football as much as possible. Pat?
5: Just going to say, I'm with you, Chris. Absolutely love that. And you got to think, we saw last week firsthand between the hiring of Garrett Riley to be the new offensive coordinator in Clemson and then seeing the back and forth Twitter barbs between uh, a, a, an analyst in the upstate and Coach Shane Beamer with the Gamecocks, just already in midseason form. And couldn't be happier about it. Love it. Yeah, that hit, of course, uh,
1: on Friday night. We had a little fun with it. You weren't here, Chris. I don't think were you with us Friday night. No. Yes,
2: I was you, with you for the uh, first hour. Oh, well, then this hit in Friday. the
1: second hour. Yeah, I think didn't it? Was it the yes, second hour? For, it was sometime uh, Friday after, uh, evening. Yeah, I don't think you were with us when we started talking about it. That uh, there was a um a radio station in the upstate um I'm try- uh what's uh gosh, i'm trying to think of the name the, um, fan, I the think? fan upstate but the 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 host um Mark Ryan. Mark Ryan I was gonna say ryan something Mark Ryan, the host up there and um you know he he said he apparently said on a podcast or on his show uh that Shane beamer wanted to hire Garrett riley uh and and couldn't get him and he ends up at Clemson, and thus, in his mind, in his opinion, uh, you know, Clemson maintains an upper tier status compared to South Carolina. Now, and of course, Shane Beamer took exception to that and fired off a very hot tweet. I mean, a very hot tweet when you when you start framing somebody that you were tweeting at, you know, in a certain way, you know, calling him the junior varsity based on his followers, and. Uh, um, you know, things like that. I mean, you're getting a little personal there. You know, mm-hmm. getting a little personal. But he got personal with Beamer because, you know, when you report on what somebody's doing, then you better be accurate about it. Now, he, if he's accurate, if what he has is accurate, if his sources are correct, and he's accurate in saying that Shane Beamer wanted to hire Riley and went after Riley and didn't get him, then more power to him. But if he's just making that up from whatever, you know, wherever he thinks he's getting it from, if he's just making it up out of whole cloth, uh, and, and and then, you know, and Beamer's like, hey, who, the source should be me. Did you get it from me? I mean, I would be the one who would know. Um, then Beamer's got every right uh, if he wants to take the social media, though you would think coaches would, would try and, and take a higher level, but they don't, uh, especially with the ability to do it through social media, and he's a coach who's very active on social media, apparently reads it all the time, and keep up keeps up with what's going on as it pertains to his program, and he's also looking to uh, to to protect the, the the image of his program. He doesn't want his program to be viewed rightly or wrongly uh, as one where he couldn't get the guy that he wanted. So, you know, if he wanted Garrett Riley and couldn't get him, it's not something he wanted out there. Now, if if Beamer's being truthful and saying that he never wanted Garrett Riley, never went after Garrett Riley, and hired, as he put in that tweet, he got the man he wanted, then so be it. If that's the truth and he's not blowing smoke, then he has every right to to call out the reporter who was uh, erroneous in what he was saying. So it depends on who you want to believe. And I'm sure there's plenty of Clemson fans who want to believe the, the, the guy in the upstate. And, of course, there's a ton of Gamecock fans who will line up behind their coach. Just as Clemson fans lined up behind Dabo Sweeney many times when he went off on things, particularly about uh, South Carolina, it's all about rallying the troops, uh, and and that's what he's done here on social media. He's rallied the troops behind him. He's gotten the Gamecock fans even more, uh, more strongly uh, in his corner, and um, I mean that's only that's only good for him. He's not going to lose. This battle. Now you know Ryan probably gains a little bit too because of notoriety, and I'm sure he talked about it on his show today and, and played it up and um, and all of that. Uh, you know, I I just guess if, if in, in in Shane's mind, if if that if they're the uh, the junior varsity, I guess we're the B team uh, when he when he wants to. Uh, <laughs> Rank talk shows. I guess we'd be the B team because we've had no, our wait little a minute. exchange. We've,
2: we've got a, uh, nothing against the fan upstate, but we've got a little bit further reach than those guys do. Well, I'm not agree. sure I'd put us in
1: the B stack. No, I'm just yet. kidding. I'm I'm just kidding just because of our little exchanges from time to time. But sure. that's, that's all good. Um, again, I happen to believe if you are a, a reporter, whether it's radio or print media or you're on the Internet and your facts are right, then you've got nothing to uh, apologize for. But if you made it up and you just did it, to get yourself some clicks and all that kind of stuff, that'll come back to, to haunt you uh, eventually. That kind of stuff doesn't uh, benefit you in the long run, Pat.
5: So over the weekend, I got curious, because I was having the same thoughts as you, Phil, was just where would he have gotten this information from? But God bless the Internet, we have a way of checking the receipts. And the closest thing I could find to this, first of all, I'll say I never saw anywhere a single time Coach Shane Beamer mentioned the, the name Garrett Riley. Never saw him mention that, never saw anything – directly implicating him with, or not implicating, but tying him with TCU, former TCU offensive coordinator Garrett Riley. But Sports Illustrated, among other places, released articles right after he decided to move on from, I'm sorry, not move on, but when Satterfield decided to move on from South Carolina. And the top candidate I saw in each of these articles, in particular from Sports Illustrated, was Garrett Riley, TCU offensive coordinator. And I'm going to read straight from this Sports Illustrated article, If the name sounds familiar, that's because it should be. TCU offensive coordinator Garrett Riley is the brother of USC, sorry, Southern Cal head coach Lincoln Riley. Mm. No, I'm just reading straight from here. Apologies. Known for his quarterback development and high-powered offenses. The younger Riley has powered TCU. I'm going to skip forward a little bit. Riley may get some head coaching looks this offseason, but he is at least familiar with Beamer. The elder Riley brought Beamer on staff at Oklahoma, and sources earlier this month confirmed interest on South Carolina's part. He seems like a long shot, but he is worth taking a stab at. And I'm reading that directly from a Sports Illustrated article uh, written by Evan Crowell back on November 28th. Maybe that's where Mark Ryan got his information. Again, I don't know. I have not found anything, and I read a lot through the Internet, more than I'd like to admit over the weekend, trying to see if there were any ties from Shane Beamer to Garrett Riley, and I didn't find a single one. But I did find quite a few articles where people were just hypothesizing of who they thought Coach Beamer may go after, and Garrett Riley's name is in just about every single one of those. Well, that's, you know,
1: Garrett Riley's name and, let's um, um, just face it, Arkansas. Kendall Bryles. Kendall Bryles. Those names always come up when there's an offensive corners job open or a, even a head coaching job that, that would open up. So it, it's, it's no surprise. I mean, people link people to jobs, you know. Five minutes after the job is open, you got people posting, well, here are your contenders for that job. And I'm thinking to myself, how in the world can they come up with a legitimate list of candidates? Now, to me, a candidate, people use the word candidate loosely, Chris, right? To me, you're not a candidate for a job unless you say, I'm interested in the job. And then you go and you actually interview That makes you a candidate. Everything else is just BS. Everything else is just somebody spitballing and seeing what happens to stick. So you always get these lists of um, these hot lists, these hot sheets, whatever you want to call it, full of names of people who people call candidates, but they're not candidates until somebody, you know, makes a move one way or the other, either the guy for the job or the people doing the hiring for him. So... Um, and that was the case when Satterfield left. There was a list of names uh, tossed out there immediately. Of course, Riley's name was on there, and Bryle's name was on there. And uh, I would go back and pull up the, the stories and, and cite you six or seven. Um, and I think one of the Gamecock websites uh, actually had the name of um, logins on there from the beginning as a possibility, you know. Well, and
2: there's something to be said for whatever design you want with regards to the way you run your football program. It is fairly obvious that Shane Beamer wants guys that have had uh, experience, whether or not a successful experience, but at least experience at the NFL level because both Marcus Satterfield and now uh, Loggins have both coached in the NFL. And I think there's some appeal that that Shane Beamer, Beamer obviously has Garrett Riley didn't fit that bill. Yeah. Now, whether or not, yeah, whether or not that that you know clued him out that he didn't want him or, or not that that remains to be seen. I doubt we'll ever find that out for sure. But Shane Beamer seems very very comfortable in the guy he hired because that's who he wanted, at least uh, on the surface. That looks like the blueprint he wants. And Davo Sweeney is obviously very happy with the guy he got to replace Brandon Streeter. Well,
1: and, and part of the, that scenario could be too is that you got Shane Rattler, Shane Rattler. You got Spencer Rattler who wants to play in a pro system and who wants to be taught by a coach with an NFL background. So you consider that. And then not to say he's just going to come in and sweep the job away from everybody else, but your 24 quarterback that you've got committed, Dante Reno, was the same thing. He wants to be in a pro system. This is what he has said. The one reason he chose South Carolina, because he liked Marcus Satterfield, he liked his pro background, and he liked running the pro system. So you kind of get yourself some continuity by hiring a guy mm-hmm. who runs that kind of system versus, let's just say, a Garrett Riley who's going to uh, be in what they call the air raid type thing, he's going to run, what, four and five receivers a lot, I guess, five, four, uh, four wide outs, five wideouts, and um, really spread you out that way. And that's different from what, I guess, Shane Beamer wants to do with his offense. And you're exactly right. Based on the fact that he hired a guy with a pro background, then hired another guy with a pro background seems to me like he was looking for a guy with a pro background Mm -hmm. yeah you know
5: pretty simple and again one more note just to add to what i was saying a minute ago we need to make it clear just because shane beamer worked with lincoln riley at oklahoma garrett riley was never on that oklahoma staff so shane beamer and garrett riley never would have crossed paths other than maybe familiarities between the them being brothers um uh, the two riley brothers but They never crossed paths at Oklahoma, so they would have never had that relationship being on the same coaching staff.
1: All right, a couple of other things, and then the the top of the hour, we'll continue with your phone calls in our second hour, and also we got recruiting for you and comments from Brad Brownell. Our poll question of the week is about the change of OC and QB coach at Clemson. So you're a Clemson fan. You heard the news last week that Brandon Streeter was out replaced by Garrett Riley, what was your initial reaction? There are four possibilities. A, happy days are here again. B, is he Chad Morris part two? Which means, okay, happy days are here again. That means, of course, great hire, going to be great. Or B, is he Chad Morris part two? Which means, okay, well, will he be as good as Chad Morris was? In other words, okay, good hire, but you're not totally convinced. C, Streeter, the scapegoat. In other words, somebody's head had to roll and it was his. And D, it's the player's dummy. In other words, (laughs) it's not the coaching, but it's the players that you have in certain positions. It's
2: always the Jimmys and Joes, uh, Phil, not the X's and O's. You know
1: that. 251 votes in today. Boy, it's tight. 37.8%, that's the number one, they have voted that Streeter was made the scapegoat. 37.5% Thirty seven and a half percent say happy days are here again. Sixteen point seven percent it's the players dummy, and eight percent is he Chad Morris part two. You can vote on our Twitter page at Sports Talk S C. Uh we got basketball this afternoon. Did uh is that right? Uh College of Charleston played this afternoon. College of Charleston, yeah. Yeah, College of Charleston William beat William and Mary eighty two to fifty four. Nation's longest winning streak at 18. How about and they were that?
2: The fastest, and they were the fastest team in the country to get to 18 wins. Holy cow. Now they're up to 19-1. and one. You know, and, and it's unfortunate that this season that Clemson and the college have not played. But should they both advance to the NCAA tournament, the NCAA selection committee always has fun with some matchups. We saw that when Carolina went to the Final Four. You know, Duke was looming on the horizon. I wonder if we might get a four thirteen or five twelve matchup between Clemson and the College in the opening round.
1: Who would be the five?
2: <sighs> uh,
1: Clemson would be the five, just because they're in a Power Five league. Yeah. Why would or you? Six, why would I mean, you sell, uh, sell Clemson so short six, 11, right now? I mean, they keep six, on winning. 11. They keep on winning ACC games. Um, now, they got a tough one tomorrow night up at Wake Forest. No question about it. Wake's a mm. pretty good team. That'll be a good test for them. I'm just thinking. Um, Do you think there's –
2: I mean, right now, if, if you set the field, are they as high as a three seed? I and mean, keep in mind the ACC is not Well, I'm not one ACC. of those to
1: see them before the season's not halfway right. over yet, you know. Sure. They're 7 and 0, they could very easily turn around and be 7 and 7 in the blink of an eye. I just don't you see know. that
2: though. I mean, no. I just don't look at They still at have schedule. to go
1: to North Carolina, for example. Um still got to play Miami in there. I'm sure they I don't have the schedule in front of me, but I'll get it. I'm sure they got to play Virginia in there somewhere. They wrap up almost the final game, next to last game of the season, they go to
2: Charlottesville. Okay. And then they wrap up the year at home against Notre Dame.
1: And Notre Dame's not all that. I wouldn't be too worried about that. But you got to go to North Carolina. Um, You got to go to state. That could be tough. Got to go to Virginia, like you said. Um, As we look at it right here, you know, if they can beat Wake Forest, then you're 8-0 and in the league. You get Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech at home. They get past Wake Forest. And, of course, not putting anybody ahead of anybody. They could very well be looking at 10-0 and mm-hmm. in ACC play here by this time next week. Eight days from now, they could be looking at 10-0. and What is it with all these 9 o'clock starts? I know.
5: It's crazy. I'm sorry, Pat. What are you going to say? just Joe Lonardi. This is before the Duke win, though. He, he had Clemson as a 10 seed in his uh, latest projections for the NCAA tournament. <laughs> they do get Miami at home. They do have to go to Virginia,
1: and they do have to go to North Carolina.
2: Okay, so well, so hit the, the ACC and is a 10 seed? I'd, I'd retire if I were Brad Brown. Say All right. I, I,
1: we'll be back.
0: Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk
1: on the Sports Talk Media Network. All right, welcome back, everybody. Sports Talk on a Monday night. Phil Blue Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. 888-898-2525. Here's the phone number. Been talking a little basketball, a little NFL playoffs. Uh, Recruiting will be coming up in just a little bit. Been talking about Gamecock and uh, Tiger football. College of Charleston basketball. Yeah, you really have to uh, give a nod to Pat Kelsey and the folks down there they are doing a great job. Uh, And and they're making a lot of noise, man. He's doing the videos. He's doing the This Is Our City thing. I mean, he's really gone down there and brought a lot of energy to that program. And and here's the concern, of course, is – what can you do to keep him, you know? Um, there was talk of uh, before Sean Miller went to Xavier, because he's from Cincinnati, and uh, he loves Cincinnati. He loves Cincinnati sports. That could be uh, a spot for him, but Sean Miller's doing a heck of a job at Xavier mm-hmm. this year. They're having a, a great season. So um, I think Kelsey, I think he loves, um, based on what I can tell, loves the program, loves the school, loves the city, the location. I mean, believe me, if you're going to coach – And I don't like to use the term at that level because the College of Charleston, even though enrollment-wise and athletically speaking, it's not a power five. It doesn't have football and all that. But listen, you know, Gonzaga is not a basketball program that you refer to as at that level. Maybe the school, the overall athletic department, you say that, but not the basketball program. Uh, Georgetown, back in its heyday, would be another one. Or St. John's. Those that don't have Mm big-time football, we tend to – associate the basketball team and say at that level but you know we know those Villanova aren't the case too. you know yeah, Villanova, even another though they've one, got yeah.
2: football at mm-hmm. the fcs level yeah uh, villanova's another one but pat Kelsey is a terrific coach phil and, and the college is going to have a hard time if he keeps winning at this rate
1: of hanging on to that guy he just brings so much energy and enthusiasm no to what he's doing and the the fans buy into it and the student body buys into it i think they're uh, really packing the the arena there, and getting people to come down to the ball games, and so it's a, it's an experience right now. It's I got to get down there for a ball game, myself when I get a chance to, because that looks like a happening place.
2: It's a great place to watch a game. It's a wonderful environment down there, and I and that was gosh the last time I was down there it was a couple of years ago. I, I can't imagine what Pat Kelsey's added to the to the mix, and especially with a team that's as good as they are. Uh, you Charleston fans, get down there and cheer on those guys. They're a lot of fun to watch. I've seen them up close and personal. They are legitimately a top-25 team.
1: That's right. You saw them when they played Coastal. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yep. Right yep. for Christmas.
1: All right, phone number, 888-898-2525 uh, is our number here on Sports Talk on this Monday night. Got recruiting information coming up for you in a little bit. We'll also have some comments, interesting comments from uh, Brad Brownell. You know, I told somebody, Chris, after the ball game. That if you could cut Brad Brownell open, because he's a conservative guy in terms of his outer demeanor, he holds things in. You know, he doesn't really usually. He doesn't lash out. If he ever did lash out, it'd be headlines. Oh, Brad Brownell. He's not a guy that makes headlines with his words. All right, he's very careful about what he says. I think if you cut him open though, and really pull it out of him, sometimes it would. He would just like to say. Y'all don't know how good you have it with me here. <laughs> Y'all don't know. I, You know, he hears the criticism from people uh, who want to talk about his style or losing close games and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, the Clemson job is a tough basketball job. Um, and to expect high success year in and year out is – it's not rational at a place like that because you don't get those kind of players. The reason they're so good this year is a they've got an older team. Yep. B, you've got guys who are all playing at a very high level. Guys coming off the bench who otherwise you wouldn't think would contribute a lot are all playing exceptionally well. Uh they've they've developed a bench of about uh, they can go maybe about 8 maybe even nine deep sometime and not to feel a drop off. Um, They are well coached. You know, he changed up his coaching staff in the off season. He's got uh, some first year guys who've come in. Obviously uh, they've done a good job uh, and they have um, worked with the returning coaches to, to make things happen. And Brownell is a good X's and O's coach. Nobody would criticize him. If you know, basketball, if you're in the profession, he's a sound basketball guy. He's got basketball roots. And um, he's just not flashy. He's just not flashy. But if you we were to cut him open and let it all spill out, I promise you he would, he would say, you don't know how good you've got it with me here. Yeah, there have been some other high, mo- high moments. I mean, look, the, the highest moments, of course, w- uh, was uh, Rick Barnes. Now, Rick Barnes is a special coach. I mean, he's proven he can win everywhere. Providence, Clemson, Texas, Tennessee. He's a special coach. Yeah, um, You know, Cliff Ellis had a, a special year at Clemson and then some other good years, but he had one special year where they came within an eyelash of making the Elite Eight. You know, uh, a Hail Mary throw, mm-hmm. catch, and shoot from the corner. I was there. I was at the Meadowlands in New Jersey when that play happened. Uh, 1990, I think it was. The only and, year
2: uh, that Clemson's won an ACC regular season, right?
1: Mm-hmm, exactly right. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, he had moments. Oliver Purnell, you know, took him to the tournament a few years in a row there. Had it, had it going kind of decently, you know. And he deserves credit. He was a good coach until he went up to DePaul and completely had a meltdown up there from a coaching standpoint. So um, it hasn't happened very often there. And, um, you know, it's tough when you're coaching a basketball team and you've got to play three ACC games in December – While your football program is still king and still playing. And the ACC should really take this into consideration. Clemson should never be playing home ACC basketball games in December after Christmas because A, the students are gone. B, the football team's going to be playing in a bowl game, maybe even in the playoffs, sometime after Christmas. Why would you? You know, they had to play NC State the day Clemson was playing in the Orange Bowl mm-hmm now i mean south carolina had to do
2: the same thing but, they had a home game the day that the gamecocks played in, in but that Hader wasn't Bowl. a league
1: game this was an ac that's true this no, was in, true. this was that's a league true. game a league game mm-hmm. that ordinarily playing nc state at home on a saturday afternoon would fill little john uh during the week before this team took off you might have seven eight thousand might even have a full house but um That's just not thinking it through. No, it's not smart. If you're the ACC. that's not Clemson's fault. They can't do anything. they got to play the schedule the ACC puts together. But you should look at Clemson. You should look at Florida State. Those teams should never play basketball games at home during that time of the year because you know the football team is still going to be active, playing in something big, and it's going to divert not only the fans' attention but the media's attention. You'll hear when we play some Brownell coming up. he, He mentions, I'm sure it was the NC State game, he said, where well, they had a league game at home in December. There was one media person in his postgame. One. Yeah. And that's because everybody was in Miami and so or Fort Lauderdale. So, you know, that's just that, – but then again, as the basketball coach, you're like, hello, we're ACC. We're leading the ACC. We're pretty good, and nobody's paying attention to us here. Now, they'll pay attention come January, but you're going to – you're missing six weeks out of the season here while we're getting pretty good.
2: And I loved his comments afterwards. I've, I've always thought Brad was a really, really good coach and never got the credit he deserved. I mean, that was his 400th career win. The mm-hmm. guy knows what he's doing. And I loved his comments because you know how I feel about court storming and, and storming the field and all this stuff people do. I, I loved how he said, we don't need to be doing that here. This needs to be expected. That's, that wasn't an outlier that we beat Duke. We're good enough to beat Duke. And our fans need to start realizing that. And I thought it was great and spot on that he told them, look, stop court storming. We're good
1: enough to beat these teams now. Well, yes, you're right. You're right. But still, uh, beating Duke is, uh, for Clemson, an accomplishment. I mean, the all time record is 112 and 33 now. Oh, yeah. And it's like North Carolina, too. I get it. The wins have come few and far between. Duke was still nationally ranked, but even if they weren't ranked, the students would have still stormed the court simply because it's Duke. And like I've said at the beginning of the show, I mean, take a look at Clemson's roster. Take a look at their starting lineup. Who off of their team would have been recruited to Duke? Um, you know, P.J. Hall's their best player. Would Duke have recruited P.J. Hall? Possibly. He was a highly regarded high school player, but – did they show any interest in Chase Hunter? No. they show any interest in uh, Ian Shefflin? No. Uh, ben Middlebrooks? No. Um, uh, Hunter Tyson? Hunter I mean, Tyson? No. The entire roster. you right. no, yeah. so My point You're is right. there's the not a single valid. member of that roster except for <laughs> Hall that probably would have been recruited by Duke back in the day. In the meantime, you know, now they did play without one of their top players, granted, but Clemson's still playing without Alex Hemingway, mm-hmm. and he gives them something. He He's – He's being missed, but when he went down um, after the 12th game, he's got plantar fasciitis. Uh, he was averaging 10 points a game, so it's not like you're just saying, "Okay, this we're not missing anything." Yeah, you're missing a, a terrific outside shooter who gives you double-digit scoring. So uh, he he is missed, but they keep on winning with him out. You know, they don't know when he's going to be back. Could be, you know, it's, it's definitely a day-to-day thing. So. Anyway, we'll hear from uh, the coach coming up in a little bit, uh, and we'll do recruiting as well coming up in a little bit. A few other things to talk about on this Monday night. The phone number is 888-898-2525. If you want to join in on the program, we jumped to the College of Charleston there for a moment, so congratulations to them on their win this afternoon. They continue to uh, they continue to get it done. That's, a, that's an impressive win. So, uh, Ohio State starting quarterback C.J. Stroud declares – for the NFL draft, uh, so he's he is moving on. The uh, women's uh, basketball poll for this week, uh, of course, South Carolina remains number one. The Gamecocks unanimous. I mentioned I was at their game uh, yesterday at the uh, arena in Columbia. Actually, went with some family members, so I just went as a as a groupie, uh, as a fam member of the fam, and just uh, sat upstairs. General admission. Uh, 12 bucks for a gentleman it might be one of the best tickets in sports right now Let's see the number one mm, team in the yeah. country 12 <laughs> bucks cheap. but for but for kids under for 17 if you're under 17 it's even less than that um so anyway a good tickets sat upstairs and I gotta tell you it is man to sit upstairs at the Colonial life arena uh, that's kind of a steep little walk uh, getting up there to your seats I was like holding on to the rail because it was sort of you know kind of feeling a little um, uh, up in the atmosphere there, you know, <laughs> light, light air. But, uh, you know, the, game, the Gamecocks, are, they're, they're just so deep, and uh, they can hurt you inside, hurt you outside. They do a uh, great presentation for their women's basketball games by keeping the place loud and active with the band and the, and the music and, and the dancing girls and all that. So, you know, number one team in the country. They put on a good show. They get all the votes. Ohio State moved up to number two. LSU is now number three. That'll be a heck of a game when South Carolina plays LSU coming up in February. That's going to be in Columbia. (laughs) And they'll be 18,000 strong for that one. Easy. Uh, Stanford is four. And then UConn is five. Indiana, six. Then Notre Dame, Utah, UCLA, and Iowa. Then it's Maryland, Virginia Tech, Duke, Michigan, Oklahoma, Gonzaga, North Carolina, Iowa State, Arizona, and NC State, Illinois, Villanova, Oregon, Colorado, and Texas round out the top 25. Guess who's missing? Did you notice UConn. who's missing? Yep. No, you weren't well, paying no, no. attention. You, fifth. you weren't paying attention. I was going to ask about Louisville. 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 No, that's not who I'm thinking of. I'll save you the trouble. Baylor is out of the poll. How about that? For the first time in, what was it? Like, some, some unbelievable amount of time that they had been in the poll consecutively. see if I can find that stat. Um, I want to say something like, was it like 19 years or something? Some huge. That
2: would make sense because when Mulkey was there, they hardly ever lost, and they were always ranked. Yeah. And you start looking at some programs that you expect to always be in the mix like South Carolina is right now, and UConn kind of always is. But NC State has fallen off. I mean, they're 17th, but still not as good as they have been in the past. And Louisville's not even ranked now. First time since since
1: 2004. This is interesting. They had been in 365 consecutive polls. Wow. That means, wait a minute, 365. We have 365 days in a year, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So that means they would have been in a calendar year's worth of polls consecutively before falling out. Remember now, you don't have a, there's not a poll every right. day, is, you know. Till end of November all the way to uh, early April. First time since 2004 that they're not in the ranking. So they, they have that's enough impressive. votes to be 26th. So, and of course, Mulkey's now at LSU and, and she's mm-hmm. getting it done, of course. So that's going to be something when they face each other. As for the men's poll, we told you uh, Clemson is in it at 19, Charleston is up a spot to 18, Houston is, again, number one, followed by Kansas and Purdue, Alabama, UCLA, Gonzaga, Texas, Xavier, Tennessee, and Virginia. And Now, somebody's just got to explain to me what in the heck happened with Kentucky and Tennessee. (laughs) How does South Carolina lose to Tennessee by, what was it, 43, then go and beat Kentucky, and then Kentucky goes and beats Tennessee and then Texas A&M beat South Carolina by 41. That's just it's just crazy. Uh, Virginia's at number 10. Then it's Arizona State, Iowa State, Kansas State, TCU, Yukon, Auburn, Miami, uh, Charleston, Clemson, and Marquette. That's your top 20. Baylor, Providence, Rutgers, Florida Atlantic is ranked for the first time. FAU. Wow. And Arkansas comes in at 25. NC State received enough votes to be 26. North Carolina got one vote, I'm sure, from a, a Tar Heel writer slash fan, trying to keep North Carolina relevant there. North Carolina did pick up a huge commitment today from one of the top players in the country. So, uh, you know, they'll be they'll be fine. And they'll be fine this year. They they went through a tough stretch, but they got too much talent to not be uh, a, a, a factor in the ACC race here, as a, as the season wears on,
2: I would agree. But you, we keep saying that, and they keep just not performing the, to the level that a preseason number one. They don't look like the preseason number one team, obviously, because they're not in the poll now. But I mean, with all that talent, there's just there's something that that they can't plug into right now that they can't find. Maybe it's that that it that Brad Brownell keeps talking about about playing as a team, mm-hmm. and the Tar Heels are having a hard time figuring out what that is because they've got as much talent as anybody in the country, and for whatever reason they just can't seem to put it all together. Well, and then Baycott got hurt, you know, during the uh, matchup. What it was it, at Virginia, mm-hmm. he sat out most of that game. So,
1: I think he played they, against Louisville, though. I think he came yeah. back and played. They've won three of four, you know, and that loss was to Virginia, uh, and that was at home. No, I'm sorry. That was at Virginia. Yep. Prior to, they had won, one, two, three, uh, four in a row. Then they lost to Pittsburgh by two on the road. Uh, so, you know, they've had a couple of road losses there. Um, they beat Louisville on the road. So they'll beat Boston College at home. They'll beat them tomorrow night. They get them at home. They should beat them. Then they get NC State at home. So they got a chance here at a couple of home games to kind of uh, get things right. Um, they get Clemson on February 11th. Yeah, Clemson, February 11th in Chapel Hill, two o'clock game. So, that I've seen really, really, really good Clemson teams go to Chapel Hill and get beat. Of course, they've already they, they broke they that broke streak, the streak a couple of years yeah. ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. so they don't have to worry about that, but a new one has started. Uh, <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> think they'd like to uh, think the college would like another crack at those guys right now? Oh, I'm sure they the would. They're playing. I'm sure they would. Well, <laughs>
1: North Carolina. Right now, in the uh, in the net, they are one and six against Q one teams. So, uh, against the, you know the best teams, they're they're one and six right now. They're nine and zero against Q three and Q four teams. But their net is still pretty good, thirty three, and um, their strength of schedule is ten. So, uh, they play the, their typical tough schedule. Uh, Clemson, as far as the breakdown goes. With the net and everything, um, the Tigers are four and one against Q one teams, one and zero against Q two. So they're five and one against one and two. They're uh, they've got two losses against uh, Q four teams. So that would be the South Carolina loss. Certainly, uh, is a Q four loss, and probably that uh, Loyola Chicago loss. Yeah, would be a a be. Q4 loss. Yeah. So those I are, doubt
2: the Iowa one is because that's their only other loss.
1: Yeah. Iowa's 12 and 6. So, yeah, Iowa has a net of uh, 35. So, yeah, the other two would be. Uh, okay. We'll hit the break. We'll come back with more of your calls. Recruiting coming up. Brad Brownell as well. 888 898 2525, the number. We're back in a moment. Think big. Life-changing. I'm talking education. Inventive.
3: Next-level education. Wake up. For 20 years, education has received billions in funding. Where, you ask? (laughs) Right here, across our state, in your own backyard. Who has done this? Well, if you've ever played the lottery, that would be you. Thank you. The South Carolina Education Lottery. When you play, we all win.
0: Major Billy Downer here from the Department of Natural Resources, and DNR is excited to announce the implementation of Go Outdoors SC, a new online licensing and boat titling system that you can access right from your phone. Through this new system, customers can purchase their hunting and fishing licenses, renew their boats, apply for lottery hunt opportunities, and complete electronic harvest reporting requirements. For more information, visit Go Outdoors SC at your local app store.
1: Got ACC basketball going on tonight. Miami is leading Syracuse 18 to 11 halfway through the first half playing down in South Florida. Villanova beat Georgetown 77 73. Feel bad for Patrick Ewing, man. Just uh, just gone awful for him. Uh, Purdue beat Michigan State 64 63. Illinois leads Minnesota 51 40. We told you Charleston big over Bill and Mary 82 54. Tomorrow night, South Carolina at home six thirty against Ole Miss. Winnable game for the Gamecocks. Ole Miss is 0 5 in the league. Chance for the Gamecocks to get a, another league win. Hey, they'd be, what, 2 3? They can uh, win that ball game, so
2: just show up and play. they just the effort has not been there in the two blowout losses. I mean, it, it sounds pretty obvious, but if they come out and play with some energy and effort in the first half, you look at all the games they've won this year. It's because they have gotten off to good starts and played well early.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And that—that that was the reason they beat Kentucky. <laughs> they never trailed in that game.
1: Go to Hank in Columbia. Hank, welcome to Sports Talk tonight. How are you? Doing fine, Corinne.
6: I was listening. Just got in the car. Heard on the radio you talking about uh, North Carolina and playing. But I keep. I I'll tell you one team that that was came in the season, preseason number one and plays like a number one team. And that's those girls downtown.
1: <laughs> no, see Hank. Now you see you don't know <laughs> that I spent ten minutes talking about being at the game last night. You don't know that, did you?
6: You were at the you were at the women's
1: game last night. I was at the women's game yesterday afternoon, not last night. Yesterday afternoon, yeah, so I can go. Why? Why I can't I? Am I not allowed to go? Day. I can go to the game. I bought my ticket. I sat in the stands. I watched. I yes, had, sir. I I had to
6: question you when you said last night. I wonder which game you. Well, went last <laughs> night, yesterday
1: afternoon. You know, everything to me is at night. I operate uh-huh. at night.
6: Well, you got an experience. You got to see fifteen. That's not my
1: first time going to their it. games. I've been going <laughs> to their. Ga- I've been going to their games since uh, Nancy Wilson was the coach. Oh,
6: God, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> but you ask.
1: I was there. You <laughs> I was there. Jim C., the late Jim C. and I, were the only two reporters outside the women's locker room during the Pam Parson days when it all started falling apart. We were the only two oh, who yeah. were standing there for an hour and a half after the game waiting for the players to come out of the locker room, and they came out crying.
6: Uh, well, you but you don't have to worry about that crew falling apart. You see, as you can see, when the when the starters sit down, it gets it, it gets even more hectic for visiting. Oh, they they're
1: tough. If you want to hang on, we'll pick you up after the break. I know we put you up on short time, so if you'll hang on, be right back. to USC women when Susan Walvius was there and went to the Elite Eight. <laughs> I went to that game in, um, was it Durham or Chapel Hill? I think it was Durham. They lost to Duke in the Elite Eight. Had a chance to get to the Final Four for the first time, I think, as we welcome Hank back into the program. I always have to uh, share with Hank my USC women's basketball uh, reporter credentials so that uh, he understands that I know a thing or two about the uh, – the women's team. Go ahead, Hank.
6: Well, yeah, you, you you dabble a little bit, Phil. But if you, if you go back to the time when you you went up there, if they had gotten the final four, it actually would have been the second one because actually, if the, the girls when it when it was the AIW, don't count, today, the,
1: not counting final it. <laughs> no, I'm not counting that. Okay,
6: <laughs> I, but I, I will just to say, say just threw I threw that up there.
1: I want you to cast your history. <laughs> I, I, will, I will say that before I left the arena uh, yesterday, as I was walking out through the atrium, I did stop and uh, take in the two national championship trophies. I did notice that uh, one of the trophies is crooked in the trophy case, Hank. So if you want to call Ray Tanner and <laughs> tell him to go in there. and no, I'm serious. One of the trophies is not sitting, uh, you know, directly out. It's a little okay. crooked in there. So maybe somebody was yeah, handling it.
6: They're probably making room for making room for the next
1: one. No, but, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, there's no reason but, uh, not to think that way. Who can beat them? Can LSU beat them?
6: Oh, god, here you because you jumped on that damn right. No, here. I'm just asking the question.
1: Can LSU? Uh, you got to uh, think. Can LSU beat them?
6: I don't think so. Check, check, check LSU strength of schedule. <laughs> LSU. The reason LSU is not even a one seed in any type of bracketology is because. LSU didn't play anybody in the top 250 of the net till they got
1: the conference game. <laughs> you know, you've so, got me. You've got me wondering for the first time in my history. For the first time in my history, right here live on radio, I am looking at the women's net, and LSU is two and South Carolina's one. I feel I feel complete. I've looked at the women's net. LSU is three and zero oh against Q one teams. They are uh, – their strength of schedules 159. Yeah, that's brutal. Well, let's see the who they've played. Let's the
2: only decent played. non-conference when game they, they had was Oregon State. They played – And that was in
1: Maui. Uh, Bellarmine, Mississippi Valley, Western Carolina, Houston Christian, Northwestern State, <laughs> George Mason, UAB, <laughs> Southeastern Louisiana, Tulane, oh, New Orleans, Lamar, Montana State – In Oregon State, good gracious, yeah, that is pretty bad. I take that back. New Orleans was canceled. The New Orleans game, for some reason, was canceled. Might have been during those floods or something down there.
6: Yeah, it was canceled. So, of course, I won't even go into. I won't even go into Carolina's out of conference. But I will say this: Carolina's beat. There are three teams in the top ten that Carolina's already beaten (laughs) this year, and they they beat and they beat most of them on their home floor. Uh, So. uh, but um, I, I, hope, I was glad you came to the game because you got to see it. It's just a different type of crowd that goes to the girls' game, as you probably noticed.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so not my first game. I have been to many <laughs> games when Don Staley's been there, entire games, sat in the stands, <laughs> sat in the media section. I've been,
6: Hank, Hank strong, I'm not
1: women. a newbie when it comes to going <laughs> to the women's games.
6: Well, Corey, they 15,000 strong yesterday. It was a good showing. 15,444,
1: and I yeah. bought – you know how many tickets I bought for the game, Hank? You know how many tickets I, I bought? <laughs> no. I bought six tickets. I had to buy six tickets for an oh, average well, $8 yeah. each, $48, uh, average price of $8 each. So I contributed uh-huh. to the uh, NIL fund for the uh, Gamecocks through their ticket uh-huh. department.
6: Well, one thing I'd just say about the, I guess I'll say about the girls is that, uh, considering how they get played sometimes, especially the big girls down low, the way they get pushed and need and all that, their composure is really good, uh, for a team, um, for the, for the way the teams play them. Yeah. <laughs> they never get upset. They just, they just, they stay the course like their coach, and then they handle their business, so. Uh, they're tough. To they're impressive. To shout out. <laughs> they're rock stars.
1: They are rock stars. Okay, Hank. Thank you very much. And somebody wrote today that uh, what this is the fifth an no what anniversary is this of the of the of the uh, Asia Wilson statue and like the 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 USC women. Of course, their their home winning streak is if I get this right. Their home winning streak is thirty five. Right, their home winning streak is thirty-five, and um, and they had another winning streak. I got to go back and look at my story. I'll do that in a minute. But they had some two two good uh, winning streaks extended with their win yesterday. Let me pull it up here. Uh, blah blah blah. The Gamecock shot the uh, USA. They extended their winning streak to twenty-four. Their overall winning streak to 40, 24, and their home winning streak to thirty-five. So apparently, they've never lost at home since the Asia Wilson Trophy went up. I believe was wow. the, the gist of the story. That? So that's interesting. Yeah, Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and thank you, Hank. We appreciate that. Uh, let's go back to the Clemson basketball team and hear a few things from Brad Brown. Now, ordinarily wouldn't, wouldn't, uh, you know, uh, play the audio from a Saturday to hear? but this is not so much about the X's and O's of the game. This is more about some of the internal stuff with this program and the success they're enjoying now. And, um, the way this team has come together, the way he's put this team together, uh, the way this team uh, plays together, etc., cetera, et cetera. Uh, I thought this would be pretty interesting to, uh, to run tonight considering the Tigers have now broken into the rankings. They're 7-0. Uh, they lead the ACC by two games. Uh, here is some of what he had to say following that win over Duke on
7: Saturday. I talk to my guys all the time about if you're going to be good, you've got to have a superpower. Uh, maybe it 's defense shooting, rebounding, you know hopefully it 's multiple things if you're if you 're really good, and I think our superpowers just our camaraderie and our togetherness I, I And I told our guys that when we got back from France that the unity the the camaraderie the the genuine care and love for each other I think is clearly evident um, and I think that 's why we' are winning and why we won. Um, we had great bench play our guys are genuinely happy for the other guy on the team when he plays well. And even if it's eaten into their minutes, um, I've said a lot of times there's a lot of, a lot of teams out there with the same jerseys guys wearing the same jersey, but there's not a lot of true teams all the time. And in this climate in this society right now, and in with everything going on, it's probably even more challenging for coaches to, to create that atmosphere. Um, And I'm just blessed this year to be coaching a group of kids that allow you to coach them and and care about each other and have one goal in mind, and that's to do their best for Clemson. So it's it's been a great run. We got a long way to go, um, but I'm extremely proud of them and uh, happy for our fans. You know, we try to figure out how we're being played and play accordingly. You know, I talk to my team all the time. You got to make the right play. Um, Read the game. Make the right play. Read the game. Make the right play. some guys are better than others. Um, some teams are better than others. I think we have a team that is unselfish, so they're willing to do you know, what is necessary to win. If it's shoot more threes, if it's drive it, if it's post it, um, we're unselfish enough that we have a group of guys that like to share the ball. And uh, in this game, for part of the game for sure, it was we, we need to try to score inside some. And uh, you know, PJ was very comfortable in the moment. He was very comfortable in the atmosphere. I think early in the game, I thought my team was a little amped up for most of the first half, and I thought we took some ill-advised shots and a couple quick plays that, you know, the crowd actually probably bothered us a little bit. Um, but we did settle into the game better. I thought our defense was good for a majority of the game, and we were able to win. Our guys are improving. P.J.'s obviously, I think, a very talented guy that's battling back off of two difficult surgeries. Um, Ian Shefflin and Ben Metalbrooks obviously are the beneficiaries of him not being really out on the floor with us all spring or summer, um, and you know even most of the fall, <clears throat> so those guys got all the reps right. They're with the they're the ones, and they're you know a lot more is expected of them. Um, it probably accelerated their growth, and I think you know we're benefiting from some of that with their play right now. You know I've coached long enough now that you need to enjoy these types of uh, moments and you're more appreciative as an older coach of that. This is hard, right? This is very hard. Winning is hard. And, and having a special group of people like I'm coaching right now is an unbelievable privilege. Obviously we select them. Um, but it's, you know, and I'm, I'm proud of that, but you certainly need to, as an older guy, you, you understand that you better enjoy this as much as you can. You know, that'll be a couple more hours and then it's on to wake. Um, you know there's you know in here you know putting 12 15 hours a day in the office and another four or five and i mean you're you're burning the candles so when when you can get a couple hours to try to enjoy it you need to to keep you fresh and to keep you going for the next the next uh contest so um i hope i'm doing a little better but when the game's going on and when it's time to work our guys know it's time to work you know we're we know there's way more work to be done like this was a great win it counts as one and we got to try to get another one next week um, uh, on Tuesday. So, you know, but there's a lot of good teams playing really good basketball in our league, and uh, you know, we're just going to do what we can to put ourselves in a position to win games. And if we don't win one, we'll get back up and go again. But right now, I think we're trying to enjoy this as best we can, while at the same time keeping a pretty good edge about us and a, and a pretty good focus on what's next, and not. Really getting too high and too low, and I mean we were fine in the locker room, but we weren't we weren't doing cartwheels we were we were ready when little John is full like this, I think it's one of the best places in the league to play it, it, it the crowd is on you uh, there's great interaction, and obviously part of it is our responsibility to have a good team to keep people excited um, you know sometimes i've I've joked about this for many years, Dabo's very selfish and that he plays all the way into middle of January most years, unlike most teams, and so it makes it a little harder, to be honest with you. It does. It's part of the job at Clemson is when that happens, people are just – I mean, obviously we all love football, and I love it um, and support our team as much as anybody, but it it makes it harder in December and November when some schools are done at Thanksgiving and some are done early December, and we're still rolling. You guys aren't here. I can tell you that. I've, I've sat here with one guy this year, one. It's nice to have all of you here. I, I do think it's fairly significant from a standpoint of longevity in the in the profession. And it's hard, it's a hard profession. Um, so I'm proud of that. I think you've gotta have some consistency. I think you have to have a real program to be able to be a coach for 20 plus years. Uh, you gotta be doing things the right way in a lot of areas. And there've been some folks not doing it that way uh, at this level. Um, and so I'm very proud of all that. And I'm very proud of all the players I've coached, the great assistant coaches that have worked with me, it's, it's all you know, a reflection on them and what they do. And, uh, but I am proud of you know, having accomplished something like that from the standpoint of just some longevity. I've told folks, and I, I got criticized like at the beginning of the offseason and the beginning of this season, that we're a better program than people have given us credit for. You know, We're fifth in wins in the ACC in the last five and a half years. That's pretty good. Most of most people would not have guessed that. I guarantee you, most of you wouldn't have guessed it, right? We don't get a lot of credit. That's fine. We don't go to the tournament every year. Very few people do. But we're usually somewhere in that middle. And I think we have respect from the coaches and programs in this league because when you play us, you feel us. And uh, now, do we want to do better and take the next step? We do. But it's a whole pro- process. It's a university process. And it isn't just one coach, like you got to have your whole university behind you if you want to be at the top of the basketball chain, just like a lot of the Blue Bloods are. And they have their full university support in everything they do. Um, so we're trying to get to that point. Um, we're building, but um, you know we have to earn that as a program, and I have to do a good job as a coach and try to get to those points. But if we're going to see ourselves as equal, we, we can't be that excited just about beating one team. It has to be about beating all 14 or 15, and that's hard. Okay,
1: some thoughtful comments, insightful comments. I thought from Clemson coach Brad Brownell. What'd you make of it, Chris?
2: He put Graham Neff and uh, Jim Clements on notice, didn't he? Ooh. When he said when he talked about uh, other schools having their entire school support, and we're trying to get there here at Clemson too. Now he, he you know, dove on the sword right after that and said, you know, uh, we've got to be better on our end as well. But I, I thought it was very interesting stuff that he had to say, and and he understands that his program probably does not get the credit it deserves. And, and quite frankly, some of the time, I think it's a little unfair, the criticism that Brad Brownell has caught from Clemson fans in particular. It's hard in our state to take basketball teams and have them excel and get to the tournament every year. It's just not going to happen. It's part of the reason that we've had in the last 40 years, last 30 years, two conference regular season championships won by both schools in the SEC for Carolina and won in the ACC in 1990 for the Tigers. I mean, this is a special year. And if Clemson fans aren't going to get behind him now, they never will.
1: Yeah. Let's see what they can do tomorrow night at Wake. We'll be in Winston-Salem for that tomorrow night. We'll do sports talk from right there at the Coliseum on the campus at, uh, well, it's not really mm, on the campus. It's uh, near the campus of Wake Forest there in Winston-Salem. Not far from the football stadium and the over in their athletic area, I guess you would say. Uh, I like going to Winston-Salem. I like going on Tobacco Road. That's uh, one of my favorite things to do. We'll hit the break, be back with more. Recruiting is coming up in a moment.
5: Life, it has its ups and downs. Sometimes it's little things like hitting every red light or
2: dropping your cell phone. Maybe it's the bills, rent, or pressure at work. But when it comes to the South Carolina Education Lottery, you should never feel like playing will solve everything. The lottery is a game. It's played for fun. So set a dollar amount. Expect not to win and make sure responsibilities, family, friends, and work come first. Visit PlayResponsiblySC.com.
1: Okay, time for the recruiting report brought to you by SeaWells. Hey, you got something coming up here in 2023 that requires the best in the catering business. We suggest you give SeaWells a phone call and tell them what you need, and then they will take it from there. You give them the details and they'll do all the hard work the heavy lifting the planning the setup the execution and the cleanup what more could you ask for all you got to do is go and enjoy your important event they will host at their location 1125 Rosewood in Columbia or they'll come to you and put it together at your place you can reach them at 771-7385 it's 803 area code online at seawellscateringsc.com. if you're hungry tomorrow or any other day of the week for lunch. The daily luncheon buffet at Sea Wells is impossible, not hard to beat. It's impossible to beat for only $13, 11 to 2, every day of the week, and uh, you will not go home hungry. I can promise you that. All right, recruiting wise tonight, USC's making a big effort recruiting the DC area, Northern Virginia, and that paid off for the 23 class so far. Signing defensive end Desmond Yumi Azulu. Offensive tackle Oluwatosin Babalati. Safety Zabari Sandy. Heavily involved with tight end Nick Harbor. So for the junior day coming up this weekend, a pair of 24 teammates of Yumi Azulu from Upper Marlboro, Maryland. Offensive tackle Mike Williams, 6'7", 3'15". Cornerback Brayden Lee, 6'1", 2'15". They plan to visit USC. Williams has not yet been offered by the Gamecocks while Lee is regarded as a top corner in the country. And Williams said he was first contacted by Sam Cerbe of the USC recruiting staff. Their communication led to setting up the visit to Columbia. He believes once offensive line coach Lonnie Teasley checks him out in person that an offer might be forthcoming. He does have offers from Southern Cal, Miami, and James Madison. He's also hearing from North Carolina his recruiting is open. USC made the top six with cornerback Jaden Lewis, Aniston, Alabama. The others are Tennessee, Florida State, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Auburn. Told you about the Big Spur, Gamecock Central reporting today. Uh, well, academic issues, maybe some other issues. Defensive end Trajan Jeffcoat transferring from Missouri. That looks like it may not happen now. And Tuesday, tomorrow is the last day for a student to start semester classes at USC. Tied in Michael Smith of Savannah tells Rivals he's down to USC, Tennessee, Ohio State, and Arkansas for his commitment announcement January 24th. He is expected to be at USC Saturday. And over the weekend, USC had, um, uh, well, let me back that up. Over the weekend, uh, USC had some uh, transfer options uh, come in for visits, uh, none of whom have made a decision yet on what they're going to be doing in the future. Two were receivers, and the third was a running back, so nothing coming out of them yet. USC, again, having that junior day coming up. Coming in will be wide receiver Amari Jefferson of Chattanooga, and he's also scheduled to visit Kentucky next weekend. He's been committed to Tennessee for baseball, and that's been holding, and Tennessee's offered him four football. His coach is former Gamecock assistant and quarterback Eric Kimry. Last season, Jefferson had 72 catches, 1,370 yards, and 17 touchdowns. Cornerback Emmanuel Brown of Georgia Military Junior College in the 23 class. He's out of Brooklyn, Casey. He plans to visit USC Saturday. He is a May graduate, three years to play, and he has a PWO opportunity with the Gamecocks. And uh, let's see, Oh, Memphis transfer receiver Eddie Lewis, who was at USC over the weekend, posted on Instagram that he was at Colorado on Sunday. Tied in Shamar Easter, who took an official to USC in December, announced Sunday he is sticking with his commitment to Arkansas. USC target receiver Elijah Caldwell of Northwestern did take his official to NC State over the weekend. He's expected to visit USC one of the next two weekends. Clemson is in the top seven. With defensive tackle Champ Thompson, Norcross, Georgia. Yeah, I'm going to name my next son Champ. I like that. Hey, Champ. Uh, The others are Georgia, Georgia Tech, Ole Miss, Florida State, Penn State, and Miami. Clemson quarterback target uh, target Walker White, 6'3", 210, was offered by Miami. Clemson had already been recruiting him before. Garrett Riley was hired, and Riley offered him while he was at TCU. Clemson target offensive tackle Blake Frazier plans to visit Texas this weekend. He was at Penn State this past weekend. USC offered 2025 offensive tackle McKee Stewart, 6'5", 290 of Long Beach, California. Greenville receiver Mazio Bennett visited Alabama Saturday. He also was offered last week by A&M. USC Clemson target receiver Terrence Moore of Tampa offered by Southern Cal Ohio State and Florida. Lexington running back Jonah Norris, Woodland offensive lineman, James Mosley, and Sumter offensive lineman Mason Gregg committed to Newberry. Power forward Ace Bailey of Powder Springs, Georgia, who had USC in his top twelve, committed to Rutgers. 5'6 Jelani Cambridge of Nashville ranked number one in the 2024 class by ESPN, took an unofficial visit to a USC over the weekend. I tweeted official, she tweeted at us, it was unofficial. So I made that correction. So I'm saying now, unofficial visit to USC over the weekend. And in baseball, Westside outfielder Elijah Grant committed to USC for the 24 class. That, ladies and gentlemen, is your Wells meaty, juicy nutritional recruiting report for tonight. You like that one, Chris. One of the few times you've ever applauded a recruiting report.
2: I I was impressed, considering we're not really in – well, I guess we are back in the recruiting season, aren't we, with the uh, February signing period right around the corner. Does it ever end? Recruiting season's like the golf season.
1: (laughs) You know what I really like about this year, though? Yeah, NASCAR. (laughs) Uh, I was flipping through the channels last night, and I sat back. It was about 11 o'clock at night. The Australian Open was on live from Melbourne. I said, oh, this is great. Watching some live tennis here at midnight. It's summertime in Australia. Uh, these guys were serving 130 miles an hour. There's a dude from uh, from the United States who was playing. I had never heard of him before, but he dressed. He doesn't wear the whites. He wears all these different colors. He is built seriously like an NFL linebacker, wow. and he hits the ball like I don't think I've ever seen the ball. I don't know if he won his match. He was leading when I left it, but anyway, kind of neat to have that. Uh, thank you, Chris. Yes, sir. Uh, thank you, Pat. Uh, tomorrow night, we'll see you from Winston-Salem as well as from Columbia and Sardis. Have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow.